You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, a faith community that welcomes, affirms, and protects the light in each human heart, listens deeply to where love is calling us next, and with humility, courage, and compassion, works to create a more just world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. I'll begin, and I'll ask you, as my hands reach you, in your own time, as fast or as slow as you'd like, over and over again, will you sing, Alleluia? And then, after a while, I'll put my hands out like this, and I'll wait for everyone to finish their own line. And then we'll go on. Away we go. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Day. More. 
morning has come, night is away. Rise with the sun and welcome the day. Morning has come, night is away. Rise with the sun and welcome the She was with him through all of it, from the beginning times when there were just a few gathered to learn before the crowds got big and exciting, from the times he left to be in silence and wilderness, alone with his dreams and this mystical, omnipresent love that he wouldn't stop talking about, from the time he told them how the powers of the world would act, betrayals, violence, and death, and none of them wanted to believe it. She stayed in it anyway, in solidarity and friendship, deep and mutual, for years of organizing, teaching, learning, praying, singing, feasting, dreaming of the world they were co-creating together. No wonder it was her, Mary Magdalene, who found him, Jesus, that morning. She had been with him all of that horrifying week as he had been arrested, tortured, and killed by the Roman army for daring to side with love, for demanding love for and with the most, mar most marginalized. She went back to keep vigil that Sunday morning, but he wasn't there. He wasn't where she had left him in the tomb. She wept. She wept and searched and turned around, and suddenly she saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was him. He said to her, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, she looked up at him and said, sir, if they have taken his body away, please tell me where they have laid him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And in that moment, she recognized him. Teacher, she said, and she ran to him. This is my favorite part of the Easter story. The resurrection is standing right in front of her, but she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't recognize the resurrection until he calls her by name. Mary, he said. And in his love and the way he had said her name like that a thousand times before, she recognized him. She recognized what had happened. This morning, we celebrate that love that lives eternally that calls each of us by name and into the story of relentless, ongoing resurrection. We celebrate that we each have a part to play in the story, 
Even when we, like Mary, are in grief over the life we thought we were living, the world we thought we knew, the community we thought we were a part of, the dreams we thought we were building together, a grief so thick we literally cannot recognize resurrection standing in front of us. Love embodied calls us by name. Love embodied calls us into new possibilities emerging within and beyond us. Love calls us to rise this Easter morning and every morning. So let us follow Mary now, away from the tomb, following the example of love embodied, calling to each other so tenderly we too cannot possibly miss the good news right ahead of us. And let us settle now into this moment to worship together. While there is childcare for the youngest among us this morning, there is an all ages service happening right now. We will all be together this morning. And let's all now take three deep breaths together to arrive more fully. And now, Jen, will you help me light the chalice? Let's join together in our words for lighting the chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Those among us and uh, Catholic uh, observers around the world during the period of Lent, just before Easter, they take one word out of their whole lives for that entire time. And the word stays away. And Catholics all over the world think about how exciting it will be to be able to sing this word again for the rest of the year. On Easter morning, the world rings with churches who are finally, after weeks singing, Alleluia again. Alleluia, alleluia. And there rises again in song the word that means so much joy to so many. Resurrection happens all the time. For us right now, after a long, 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 long winter, And this is Minnesota talking, right? Like, <laughs> when we thought maybe the grass had disappeared forever, now all of a sudden on this Easter morning, a perfectly easterly 60 degrees greets us. And there the grass is again. Sheston, one of our, uh, one of our uh, team members from the Visual Arts Committee, designed the uh, the flower sets that you see before you, these are 16th century Swedish tradition. 
and they come from Good Friday. And they were repurposed with feathers so that they represented new life and softness and, uh, and resurrection. We do this every time we gather in this once was a synagogue and now is a church. And so I welcome you into the practice of Alleluia with people all over the world. You will be part one. You will be part two. Don't worry. Everybody has helpers, and we will all go together. It goes like this. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Sing and Alleluia. Alleluia. Sing and rejoice. Alleluia. Sing and rejoice. That's the whole thing. Okay? Allelu, 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 allelu. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Allelu, 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 sing and rejoice, sing and rejoice, alleluia, sing and rejoice, alleluia, sing and rejoice, alleluia, sing and rejoice. That's all, okay? Easy enough, easy as pie. Okay, now the final, the final addition, hi. You have the option, when, when it is your part, take one of these three options, or all three if you're feeling caffeinated. <laughs> when it's your part, please rise or raise your hand or clap or some combination. So it would look like this. Will you help with group one? Will you help with group two? Okay, so it would look like this. One, two, three. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. You get it? Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to do this four times. It starts in a reasonable tempo. It ends unreasonably fast. Okay? And we'll, just, we'll do it four times until it is hilarious. You ready? Okay. Okay. Uh, one, two, three. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. Sing and rejoice. Alleluia. Sing and rejoice. Allelu, allelu. And rejoice. Allelu. Sing and rejoice. One, two, three. Allelu, 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 allelu. Sing and rejoice. 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 Yes, one, two, three. Allelu, allelu. Sing and rejoice. Sing and rejoice. Rejoice, sing and rejoice, sing and rejoice. Yes, last 
last time. One, two, three. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sing and rejoice. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sing and rejoice. Sing and rejoice. Hallelujah, sing and rejoice. Hallelujah, sing and rejoice. Sing and rejoice. Yeah. Man, <laughs> my Apple Watch thinks I just went to the gym. <laughs> Woohoo! Shake it out. We're gonna just settle in a different way. How's <laughs> that for a transition? Hi, sweetie pie. Hi, sweetie pie. That's what my mom, who died almost a year and a half ago, used to say every time she greeted me. I can hear her when I'm quiet, especially when the sun is pouring in through a window at just the right slant, just teasing me with its warmth. And in that memory, in that calling of my nickname, in that sunlit sunlight, I can feel the aching love of a whole lifetime. Whose voice calling your name would you recognize anywhere, anytime? Whose voice holds a universe of love for you? Could be a family member or a friend, human or animal, alive or dead. It could be a community. It could even be a place that might not use words at all to call your name, but where you feel known and held and beloved. A tree, a lake, a couch, a home. Once you have that feeling in your body or that memory in your mind, we're just gonna sit with that, feeling our eternal belovedness for a moment of silence. And by silence, I'm using Dr. Glenn Thomas's definition, which is silence is the absence of intentional adult sound. Silence is the absence of intentional adult sound. Parents, I send you much solidarity on this all ages service. Hold that definition in your heart and breathe. Amen. There are times in each of our lives when that belovedness is not accessible, even if it's right in front of us. For many of us, there are those times because our brain chemistry literally cannot receive and feel belovedness in those moments. That's why our 
offering this morning goes to Mental Health Connect, an incredible resource that offers connection, that offers the pathway to experiencing belovedness again when we or a loved one is not able to. So I invite you to give generously and boldly so we all may feel in our bones that belovedness we all just felt a few moments ago sitting together. There are more waters rising the side hole, the side hole. There are more waters rising the side hole. There are more waters rising, they will find their way to me. There are more waters rising the side hole, the side hole. There are more waters rising the side there are more fires burning the sino, the sino. There are more fires burning the sino. There are more fires burning, they will find their way to me. There are more fires burning the sino, the sino. There are more fires burning the sino. There are more mountains falling the sino, the sino. There are more mountains falling the sino. There are more mountains falling, they will find their way to me. There are more mountains falling the sino, the sino. There are more mountains falling the sino. I will wait through the waters, the Sino, the Sino. I will wait through the waters, the Sino. I will wait through the waters, they will find their way to me. I will wait through the waters, the Sino, the Sino. I will wait through the waters, the Sino. We will walk through the fire, the Sino, the Sino. I will walk through the fire, the Sino. I will walk through the fire, and I'll find their way to me. I will walk through the fire, the Sino, the Sino. I will walk through the fire, the Sino. I will rebuild the mountains, the Sino, the Sino. I will rebuild the mountains, the Sino. I will rebuild the mountains, they will find their way to me. I will rebuild the mountains, the Sino, the Sino. I will rebuild the mountains, the Sino. There are more waters rising, the Sino, the Sino. There are more waters rising, the Sino.
there are more waters rising. We will rebuild the mountain. We will rebuild the mountain. We are always rebuilding, reconnecting, resurrecting even. Always finding our ways back to ourselves, to each other, to the holy. Always rebuilding those connections. It's important that we're here together, whether we're joining online this morning or later in the week, whether we're here in the sanctuary. It matters that we come together because resurrection is a collective practice. Rebuilding is a collective practice. It is something that we do together. Now, over the last few weeks, we've been on a journey together here at church. We've been on a journey of examining and practicing some other individual and collective spiritual practices. We started off with paying attention, this sacred act of noticing what is happening inside us and around us and between us, of paying attention together. We remembered how important it is to be called by name, to feel a sense of belonging, to have someone else notice for us some of the changes that might be happening in our lives, for us to offer that noticing to each other. This paying attention and noticing as a collective spiritual practice. We talked a little bit about trust as a collective spiritual practice. It's something we can bring our willingness to, but ultimately we are trusting something else, somebody else. Maybe we're trusting that the seasons will in fact turn, that the lake will in fact thaw, that the dirt will become visible again, or we might be able to feel it under our feet. Maybe we're trusting that another person or place is trying to lean in toward us as well. We spent some time talking and practicing last week about how do we lean in to the turns when they are happening? How do we lean into the turning of the season? How do we lean in toward each other when we are rebuilding in our relationships? We talked about the image of the storm drains out there the actual ones, right, where I see my neighbors so diligently clearing away the debris that blocks the flow of the water, the flow of the spirit, I would say. And I have been looking and I've been asking all of us to take a look and see where and how we might clear the spiritual storm drains of our hearts. What is in the way? What do we need to remove so that love and life can flow more freely and that there we might find the holy? This morning, we're going to talk and practice a little bit together about how do we lean in and work toward rebuilding in our relationships, relationships with ourselves, with each other, with communities we are a part of. What is our part to play in the resurrection in relationships? Now, I am grateful that I am not the only one thinking about this doing research about this, talking about this. In fact, I am very grateful in particular to the Gottmans. Maybe some of you have heard about them, Drs. Julie and John Gottman. They have spent their whole professional career studying relationships and what helps them to feel secure and healthy and like places where each person can grow in them. And they have done a whole lot of noticing about what helps and what hurts in relationships 
what helps us feel connected, and what puts blocks in the way of us feeling connected. In fact, they did this whole project that is so interesting to me that they call the Love Lab, where they invite people to come in and they just watch and see how they interact with each other and reflect that back and maybe offer some suggestions of what might be helpful for how to reconnect. And what I love is they don't just tell you what doesn't work in relationships, they also tell you what does work and how you might actually resurrect a relationship that has had some rough spots in it. They offer us some antidotes to the hard things. But here's the thing, I think we actually know most of these things already. So I wonder, what do you think are some of the things that help us feel secure and connected and like we have room to grow in relationship with another person? And this is a real question, so help me. I don't hear as well as I would like to, but what are the things that help in a relationship? Listening, smiling, words of affirmation, respect, there was something else, honesty, intent, trust, forgiveness, wait, say again, apology, amen, appreciation, equity, hugs came in online, good communication, thank you, empathy, thank you. All of these things help. I bet you know a whole lot more. What gets in the way in relationships? What gets in the way? Fear. Criticism. Did I hear? Pride. Silence. Defensiveness. Stress. Misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Judgment. Right on. We know a lot of these things. What was that? Stonewalling. Stonewalling. I think you've read the book. <laughs> so all of these things, right, get in the way of our connecting with each other. And what I love about the Gottman's research is they do this distilling down to help us remember what helps and what hurts in relationships and give us some real practical tools about how to rebuild and reconnect. So when they talk about the things that hurt in a relationship, they actually call them the four horsemen of the apocalypse in relationships. And they are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. I heard these out there, right? Criticism, it's one thing when it's just one thing every now and then where we critique each other or say, I don't like this. But when it becomes kind of constant, that's the only thing you feel like you're hearing from the other person, that can be really disruptive in a relationship. Contempt, when you start to think that you are better than the other person altogether, that maybe they aren't even a good person at all. This comes out with, in the first service, some of the kids said, when people call you mean names, when there's bullying, when you have somebody rolling their eyes at you or using their body language, like, no, right? That's what contempt can look like defensiveness. It's all the other person's fault. Whatever the situation is, it's all the other person's fault. There's nothing for me to take responsibility for. And then stonewalling, right? Refusing to participate in the conversation, pulling away, not showing up. These are four 
horsemen of the apocalypse in relationships, the Gottmans say. But what I love, like I said, is that there are ways to resurrect, ways to rebuild connection between us, and they offer those up as well. So in the place of criticism, in the place of critiquing someone else, kind of constantly, they ask us to look at ourselves, to name what we are feeling and what we need. To say, literally, I feel blank, I need blank, right? It's a skill we can bring in those situations. Contempt, how do we resurrect relationships where contempt has been present? Through creating a culture of appreciation, of gratitude. They talk about the magic ratio of five to one, five positive, grateful interactions together for every one critical one. Five to one. That can help reverse contempt in a relationship. Defensiveness, this one I bet you know already. What part can I take? What part can I accept responsibility for no matter what has happened? What can I apologize for? What can I do differently next time? How can I say that to the other person? And then stonewalling. I love that they address that there are times we do in fact need a break from each other or from a situation that is hard for us. Times we need to step away. But here's the thing, they say. Tell the other person you're doing it. Say, I need a break right now. I'm too amped up or whatever it is. And then step away. And then return. Return with all the tools that they have already offered. This is how I feel and this is what I need. This is the part I can take in this. This is what I appreciate about you. All of these things help to rebuild and resurrect connection between us. These moments of disconnection, these times of conflict, they happen in all relationships, in all relationships over time with each other. The presence of conflict does not mean necessarily that something unhealthy is going on. My favorite definition that I've read about conflict recently is conflict is just the presence of two different ideas at once. Conflict is the presence of two different ideas at once. That happens all the time. How do we live with each other when we have different ideas at the same time? That's where the spiritual work is. So this morning, we're going to do some practicing together, and everyone is invited, whether you're here in the sanctuary or online or listening later. We're going to offer up some opportunities to practice how we might engage in resurrection in our relationships. We do this in religious community through ritual and practice. So over the next 10 minutes or so, you're going to be invited into a couple of different options, okay? One of them, building a culture of appreciation and gratitude. There's a spot in the back of the sanctuary, and you can do this at home too. So there's a table back there that's got paper and pens and, and, what? Markers. and markers, yes, for color, um, where you can draw a picture or write a note saying thank you to someone or noticing something that you have appreciated. And then here's the thing, take it with you and get it to them. Okay, you can also take a moment while we're doing this all together, send a text, send an email, do something to say thank you or I appreciate this about you to another person. Okay, so notes of gratitude, that's one of the ways we're going to practice together. 
And I'm going to invite Jen up to tell us another way we're going to practice together. So good morning. I'm Jennifer Schuster-Jaeger, and I have been working with a group in this church called the Commitments to Beloved Community group. And what we're trying to do is to gather the wisdom that we all have about what we are doing and what we see happening in this community that helps us create beloved community together. And Jen has been preaching on this, that we create and resurrect our relationships every day in all of our relationships with each other and in all of our relationships across the whole community. And so what we've been asking our church, and you may have seen this in the liberal or you may have heard it at the state of the church, is what behaviors are you doing or have you seen that create beloved community? And this could be something that starts with an ING word. So it could be something like making eye contact with me, or it could be something like welcoming my children to RE or listening to hear, not to respond. So we're asking you then to share those, and we're talking about our commitments to beloved community as parts of our heart that we share, and you'll see there's hearts over here. And on those hearts, if you can share one thing that you've done or you've seen someone else do that helps create beloved community. And if you're online, there's gonna be a form that Reverend Ashley will put up, and that will then be fed into a word cloud um, so that we know and we can all see, whether we're online or in the sanctuary, how we can create beloved community together. We'll be collecting these and reflecting them back to us so that we can decide how as a community we want to create that beloved community. Two more stations to, uh, to show you. One, as you walked in, if you walked in through this way, I hope you found a table of intrigue a, a giant Jenga set in the hallway. What is that for? Well, the word Jenga in Swahili translates to the English word build. And, it, uh, and it's often used in the term Jenga Imani Yako, as in the chant, Jenga Imani Yako Nugu Kama Watuazamani, which means build your faith the way your ancestors did. The concept means if you want to build your own faith, if you want to become a stronger person in the world, look at the good things that have come before you. Pattern yourself. Stand on those shoulders. Remember what they did so you don't have to start at zero. So we encourage you into the metaphor to lean in. If you'd like to play, you just go right into the hallway and you take one of the blocks from uh, from the tower that's been built before, as gingerly as you can, and you use it to build an even taller tower. That's what we do together. Just like these beloved community hearts, we use what we remember to build what comes next. The other uh, station for us happens right up here, and I've invited Amy uh, into a practice uh, that I often uh, do uh, daily as a, as a prayer exercise, and, and it's improvisatory singing and chanting. Uh, so we'll face one another, and I'll start with a chant, and what arises in, uh, in Amy's uh, mind and spirit uh, when I'm done, will be the next chant that we sing. And we'll go on and on and on to be influenced and inspired by one another. 
You can engage by sitting closer. You can engage by writing your note or the letter where you are. You can engage from moving about the cabin, if you will, uh, listening with your heart, uh, listening with your mind, humming along, if you like. These are the stations we welcome you into. We will, uh, we will sing you back when it's time to come back in and, uh, and close our time together of worship. Right now, we breathe and we go.
soon and very soon we are going to change the world soon and very soon we are going to change the world soon and very soon we are going to change the world now or never now or never we're going to change the world Why don't you rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham? You rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. You rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Oh, Lord, won't you rock my soul? Well, the rich man lived, well, he lived so well, that when he died, Got a home in hell, he said, see on the sun, see how, how does he run, don't you never let him catch with your work undone well, rich man lived and he lived so well that when he died at a home in hell, well, Lord, you rock my soul, why don't you rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham, you rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham, you rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham, Lord, you rock my soul. Well, poor man Lazarus, just as poor as I. But when he died, I had a home on a high. He said, see on the sun, see how, how does he run? Don't you never let him get you with your, your work undone with him. Poor man Lazarus, poor had five children. When he died, got a home on a high. Well, oh, you rock my soul, you rock my soul. Why don't you rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham? You rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. You rock my soul in the bosom of Abraham. Lord, you rock my We are building and rebuilding, creating and recreating all the time. Yes, creating and recreating, right? We do this through all of our actions. We began today's service with the image of Jesus recognizing Mary. And I'll close with an image from the natural world. This comes from Ross Gay, the black writer, teacher, community builder, and I'd say joy activist. And in his Book of Delights, he challenges himself to write an essay about something that delights him every day for a year. So this is number 60. Or like this. In healthy forests, which we might imagine to exist mostly above ground, and be wrong in our imagining, given as the bulk of the tree, the roots are reaching through the earth below. There exists a constant communication between those roots and mycelium. 
where often the ill or weak or stressed are supported by the strong and surplused. By which I mean a tree over there needs nitrogen and a nearby tree has extra. So the hyphae, so close to hyphen, the handshake of the punctuation world, the fungal ambulances ferry it over constantly. This one to that, that to this. And that in a tablespoon of fungal duff, a delight, this phrase, fungal duff, meaning a healthy forest soil swirling with the living and the dead make, are miles and miles of hyphae, handshakes, who get a little sugar for their work. The pronoun who turned the mushrooms into people, yes it did, evolved the people into mushrooms, because in trying to articulate what perhaps joy is, it has occurred to me that among other things, the trees and the mushrooms have shown me this. Joy is the mostly invisible, the underground union between us, you and me, which is among other things, the great fact of our life and the lives of everyone and everything we love going away. If we sink a spoon into that fact, into the duff between us, we will find it teeming. It will look like all the books ever written. It will look like all the nerves in a body. We might call it sorrow, but we might call it a union, one that once we notice it, once we bring it into the light, might become flower and food, might be joy. All of these connections. Let us be about the work, about the joy of connecting and reconnecting, building and rebuilding the relationships within and between and among us. May it be so. Amen. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go, I will go. And your people are my people. Your people are mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Thanks for listening. If you've been comforted or inspired by this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit firstuniversalistchurch.org slash donate to make your gift. We'd love for you to join us in person or online Sunday mornings. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.